Welcome to Marksman, a podcast for men who have been marked by Christ and who are aiming their lives at Christ-likeness. I'm Mark Spellman, your host. So glad that you've joined the podcast today and that you've tuned in and that you're listening or watching, however this is happening for you. We're just glad that you're a part of this Marksman podcast because this is what it's all about, men. It's about aiming our lives at Christ-likeness. Jesus is our Redeemer. Jesus is our Savior. Jesus is our Deliverer. And Jesus is also our example. He showed us what it's like to really live this life to its potential. And he showed us the the purpose behind life. He showed us the reason for the life that we were given. And especially as men, we can line ourselves up with the life that he lived because Romans 8, 29 says we're predestined to be conformed to the image. So this isn't some um, high and lofty goal that just no way we should ever aim at. This is the reason he came so that we could come back into line for the reason we were born, the reason we were even given breath in our lungs. How is it that Genesis 1, 26 and 27 and 28 is going to be fulfilled? This mandate, this dominion mandate, how is it going to be fulfilled? How is it unless we come and become uh, the image and likeness of our God? We were created in his image, but oh, how far mankind has fallen. Wow. How far mankind has fallen. That's why Jesus coming, 1 Corinthians 15, 49, 1 Corinthians 15, 49 says, just like we bore the image of the man of dust, we can also bear the image of the heavenly man. And so hopefully that's what uh, you've taken hold of as a man, a man who follows Christ and loves Jesus, that you want to bear the image of the heavenly man. We all know what it's like to bear the image of the man of death. We all know what it's like to do wrong, sin, fall short, you know, all of that stuff. But how many know we can also expect to bear the image of the heavenly man? That's the promise of Scripture, and that's the power of the Holy Spirit working in our lives. And so I had it on my heart weeks ago to begin talking about kingdom finances, kingdom provision. You know, how is it that we we enter into a walk with God where our material needs are going to be addressed. And we learn how to uh, pray about it, how to receive in prayer, how to take care of not only just faithfully going to work and faithfully given time to labor and work and our career and our vocation and the paycheck that we receive through that exchange. How is it that we actually live according to the kingdom? How is it that we live according to what God can provide? How is it that I change the way I think to where I don't look at my paycheck as my source? Because if that stops coming, does that mean provision has to stop? If that ends for any reason, I've I've talked to men over the years, sometimes men who had very, very lucrative uh, careers and vocations, and because of a shift in technology, because of a shift in the market, their whole market line, their whole product line, service line ended, and they found themselves sometimes having to start over in a new career choice, career path, vocation. And so just because the paycheck ends, just because the job ends, just because the that service or product line goes away, does that mean provision has to stop? Does that mean that we just now just have to accept that we're going to go down Now, I I haven't given this to you yet, man, but let me give you the definition of the blessing. 
one of the best definitions I've ever heard of, the blessing. A very dear friend of ours and uh, a person we're in friendship with, relationship with, uh, Brother Jerry Murphy here in Poplar Bluff. He gave this to me one time, and he shares it everywhere he goes. He talks a lot about kingdom uh, stewardship and finance, and sometimes uh, in the future I'm looking forward to, I've already talked to him about it, getting him on the podcast and going a little bit further, a little bit deeper into some of these uh, these issues about stewardship and biblical economics, those kinds of things. But what I was given assignment to do was to talk about this kingdom grant. But let me give you this definition of the blessing that, that I got from Brother Jerry. Brother Jerry said that the blessing, as he studied it all through Scripture, you can clearly see four things represented. Number one, you see an unlimited supply. Now, how many believe that's true? With God, with God, there's an unlimited supply. Now, that not with your job, not with any of that. With God, there's an unlimited supply. The next thing you'll see is continual increase. How many of the kingdom of God, Isaiah 9 says, and of the increase of his government, there shall be no end. His government, his kingdom is expanding, increasing right now. And if we choose to get into the flow of the kingdom, we'll get into the same flow, which is increase continually. Come on. How many tired of taking one step forward, two steps back? That ain't increase. No, the blessing is not only access to an unlimited supply, it's access to continual increase. Also, you see, because of those things, you see no debt, number three, and no lack. How many of the Lord is our shepherd? Psalm 23, 1. The Lord is our shepherd, and if he's our shepherd, we shall not lack. That's right, we shall not lack. So continual increase, unlimited supply, no debt, and no lack. That's the blessing. And because of our faith in Jesus Christ, that blessing we saw upon Abraham and upon Isaac and upon Jacob and upon Jesus, we can now see it upon your life and mine. No debt, no lack, continual increase and an unlimited supply. The blessing. So I want you to shout it out. If you're a, if you're a follower of Jesus, washed in the blood, somebody say, I'm blessed. Come on, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. What does that mean? I have access to an unlimited supply. I have access to continual increase. I don't have debt and I don't have lack. And if anything needs to change, then it just better get busy changing. But it isn't going to change until I believe right. Because if I believe I'm cursed, if I'm just full of dread and fear and worry and anxiety, I'm not giving God anything to work with. One of the greatest things we give God is our agreement. <clears throat> Let me give you another scripture as we dig further into our kingdom grant. I will do some review here in just a minute, but let me just give you this since we're already here <laughs> by the Holy Ghost. Matthew 18, 18 and 19. Matthew chapter 18, verse 18 and 19. This is what it says. Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you will bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you that if two of you shall agree on earth concerning anything that they will ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. And if you listened last week, we talked about that word granted. It'll be granted by our Father. And that's where we got the, the idea of a kingdom grant, something that's granted in the kingdom. 
something that God grants us because we go to him, we ask it from, you know, for him, uh, we ask for it from him. We go in prayer. We know what his will is. We know what his promise is. And we go and we ask in faith, Mark eleven twenty four, and it says, Jesus said, we must believe we receive. We must believe it is granted. And so this idea here, it will be done for them. It will be granted to them in my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Now again, listen to this in the Amplified, verse 18. Verse 18 of Matthew chapter 18, Amplified. Listen to this. Truly, I tell you, whatever you forbid and declare to be improper and unlawful on earth, must be what is already forbidden in heaven and obviously declared improper there. So I'm going to finish reading in a second. So here we understand heaven's to be our example. If there's no sickness in heaven, then we know sickness should not be, it's not the will of God because the perfect will of God is being experienced in heaven by everyone. No one is left out of the perfect will of God. And yet on earth, Oh my goodness, so few people experience the perfect will of God. Some of them in not in any area of their life. They're not even born again. But even if they are born again, there's other areas of their life, whether it's their health, their finances, their, their vocation, what they're doing with their life, where they're spending their time, what their work and, and line of, of you know how they give themselves to be productive in the earth. They're not even doing what they're called to do. And so here we go. We have to know that heaven is our example. And so we can pray according, and he instructs us to, to pray according to his will in heaven. Whatever you forbid, declare to be improper, unlawful on earth, must be what is already forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit and declare to be proper and lawful on earth must be what is already permitted in heaven. So, Here we see the power of agreement. Like I said earlier, one of the most powerful things we can give God is our agreement. He doesn't doesn't ask a whole lot because, in fact, when you look at it, he's doing most of the hard work. He's he's doing the heavy lifting. It's kind of like you see a a yoke of of oxen, you know, teamed up, and you got two oxen under one yoke. And say you got one real beefy, strong one, and you got another one that's maybe not near as strong. Well, one of them's clearly doing probably most of the work, most of the pulling, right? Has most of the strength. Clearly, we are yoked. We are in union with Christ, but we're not alone. And he's not doing it by himself. We're not doing it by ourselves. But let's make no mistake, who's doing the heavy lifting? Who's doing the, who's really pulling us forward? Well, it's him. It's by grace but it also is through faith. It's not just by grace, but it's also through faith. And our faith is our trust, it's our confidence, it's our agreement that we give him. As we walk with him and he walks with us, and as we face certain needs, we go to him, we talk to him, we pray, we have a conversation. I love this. Um, Let me pick it up. We talked about it last week. Um about a kingdom grant. I want to give you just at least one verse here. Um, For those of you that maybe didn't catch last week, go back and listen to it and the week before, but uh, just so that you're kind of understanding why we're using this word grant, a kingdom grant. Here's what it says in John 16, 23 in the Amplified. John 16, 23 in the Amplified, Jesus talked about the time that was coming 
when his disciples would not just talk to him, he said, but I assure you most solemnly, this is the Amplified, John 16, 23, I assure you most solemnly, and I tell you that my Father will grant whatever you ask in my name. And then the Amplified says, as presenting all that I am. Amen. So he's going to grant, Father, our Father is going to grant whatever we ask in his name, presenting all that Jesus is with that request. And we gave you the example last week that, you know, just because God has knowledge of our need doesn't mean he has permission to act. And I gave you the example, if you're walking down to grab your seat at church and you you step by a family and there's a purse there and the bag's open, you know, top's open, and there's a stack of $100 bills in there, you might have knowledge of that money, but that doesn't mean you have permission to touch it. <laughs> Come on. It's pretty simple, obvious, you know, illustration, but that's the truth. Just because God has knowledge of my need doesn't mean he has permission to touch it because authority was given in the earth to man. So we do need to talk a little bit about that. We we alluded to it a little bit last week, but again, let's talk about it again um, back in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. Here we see that God gave authority in the earth to man. So authority in the earth is in the hands of man. And so this is why, if you ever wondered, man, how did the world get in such a mess? Well, that's what we did with it. That's what mankind did with it. God doesn't have it in a mess. Man has it in a mess. And in spite of our abuse of this planet, and for thousands of years, it's still holding together pretty good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, in a fallen state, in a curse-filled earth, it's still an amazing place. There's still some amazing, beautiful places on this planet to go. Just the nature is just still staggeringly beautiful, even in a fallen, curse-filled world. But as far as the pain and suffering, why is there so much you know, lack and, and suffering and starvation and, and people going without their needs? Is it because God's got it in a mess? No, this authority was given in the earth to men. Man's got it in a mess. And praise God, a perfect man came back into the earth Jesus, Christ of Nazareth, and he showed us, not only was he redeeming us and saving us and delivering us, he was showing us how to live life in complete dominion and complete submission. He was completely submitted to the Father, completely submitted, and yet that submission to our Father gave him complete dominion. He walked on the water. He spoke to wind and waves. He cast out devils. He took a boy's little sack lunch and fed 5,000 men, not counting women and children. On another occasion, count, fed 4,000, just counting men. So, I mean, fevers left. The, the paralyzed were healed. The lepers were healed. Woman with the issue of blood was healed. I mean, on and on and on. Complete dominion. Complete dominion. But you can't separate complete dominion from complete submission. And that's why when Jesus talked about authority, especially, well, let's just give you these two examples real quick. 
This will really explain it well. The only two times in Scripture Jesus ever commended a person's faith to the level of having great faith. Great faith. It's Matthew 8, Matthew 15. You can read about it. He, he commended a centurion, and he commended a Syrophoenician woman. He commended the centurion because when the centurion came to him, he actually sent a delegation to go get healing for his servant and said, don't bring the master. Just have him send a word because I'm a man under authority. I have people under authority, and I say to this one, go, and he goes, and I say to this one, come, and he comes. So all I need from Jesus is a word. And when Jesus heard that, he said, whoa, I haven't found this great a faith even in Israel. And his own disciples had to listen to that. And there, and Jesus is commending this, this centurion, this military guy, because he understood what it was to be under authority and then to have authority. You don't get one without the other. You don't have authority if you're not under authority. And he recognized Jesus was under authority. That's why he had authority. And Jesus said, stop the show. Stop the parade. Stop the whatever. Stop. I want you to hear what just happened. I haven't found such great faith in Israel. And what was it? He understood authority. The other example is a Syrophoenician woman. She came to Jesus, um, you know, kind of pressed into his disciples and to Jesus. And you read about it in Matthew 15, but he, <laughs> she came using all these borrowed phrases, phrases that her being Syrophoenician, not a covenant woman, she started saying, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And he said, ah, oh, it's not right to take the children's bread and give it to dogs. <laughs> I mean, just, I mean, it's just an incredible conversation. But the whole point of that whole story is until he got her to use her own language, her own words, and put forth her own request and come under his authority, which meant she had to listen to anything he had to say and trust his goodness, trust his love. And she finally said, truth, Lord, but even the dogs will eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And there again, he said, whoa, woman, great is your faith. Be it unto you as you believed. Go home. Your daughter is free. The only two times Jesus commended to that level a person's faith to be great was because of their understanding of authority. That when you're in authority, you got to first be under authority to have authority. And so when we're talking about a kingdom grant and we're talking about walking in dominion, Genesis 1, 26, I had you turn there. Let me read it to you. This is Genesis 1, 26 to 28. This is what I call the dominion mandate. Mankind was given a dominion mandate, and they were it was backed by the blessing. Remember the blessing? Unlimited supply, continual increase, no lack, no debt. It was backed by the blessing, the dominion mandate given to mankind. I'm going to read it to you here. This is Genesis 1, 26. Then God said, let us... Let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion. So God's giving dominion in the earth to man over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the cattle of the earth, over everything that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. 
He created them. Then God blessed them. God blessed them, and he said. So the blessing was released through what he said. He said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over it, the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over everything that creeps and moves upon the earth. So God released his blessing through what he instructed them to do and through what he commanded them to do. So if God instructs it, he backs it. I heard one person say he pays for what he orders. <laughs> you know, if you go to a restaurant and you order something, you got to be prepared to pay, right? So if you're going to order something, and how many he's ordering his man, male and female, he's ordering them to be fruitful. He's ordering them to multiply, to increase, to subdue, to have dominion. He's ordering that. So how can he order it and not pay for it? Just stands to just simple logic. Well, he does back it. He does pay for it. He is Jehovah. Amen. He is almighty. He is Jehovah, our provider. Amen. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who sees ahead and makes provision. So what he orders, he backs, he provides. And so that's the idea. If he's ordered it, that means he's given an instruction And that's like that military man, the centurion says, hey, I know what it's like to be under authority. I give orders and they do, but I also take orders. I get orders and I give orders. I get orders and I give orders. I get orders and I give orders. See the flow of authority. So Jesus, here's a man walking, doing what he's doing. This centurion goes, hey, if he's got that authority, then he's under some authority. Because you don't have authority unless you're under authority. If you're not fully submitted, you're not going to walk in full dominion. So it's not just about praying a prayer. It's also about coming under the authority of the Word of God, the authority of the will of God, the authority of Jesus Christ, King and Lord. Amen. And so let's go a little bit further here into our study of the kingdom grant. Um Let's talk a little bit here. How much time we got left? We got a little bit of time left. Let's see. Um, let me see. Let's look again at Philippians four nineteen. I quoted this. I might have been last week, but I did quote this, and this is important. Um, again, just to give us the the idea of what foundation are we walking on? What is the confidence that we have when we pray? as far as who we're talking to. And again, we could, we could answer that really. Well, we're talking to God. Well, yes, we're talking to God. But let's not just let that be a theological statement. Let's let this come into context to where, just like you were going to go and present something of, of great value, let's make sure, like if you were to walk into the Oval Office or you are to walk into, you know, well, we don't really have kings today. Well, we do over in the UK, but let's just say you're going to go see the the new king, you know, King Charles III, and you're going to go present something to him that you want the the United Kingdom to get involved in, and you're going to present something, you know, God, I want I want the 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 backing of the United Kingdom. So you're going to go sit down with King Charles III, and you're going to present something. How many? You better have your 
your act together. You better have you better have some thoughts together. You better have something planned, something prepared. You're not just going to go in willy-nilly and just try to wing it, right? You're going to have a clear presentation that you make before King Charles III, and that's just a natural king, right? That's just a natural king of a natural kingdom. And so how many of you know, if we're going to make a presentation to the king of kings, and the Lord of Lords, then we need to equally be prepared to have that conversation in a way that it's just going to make sense, right? So Philippians 4.19, here's a very familiar portion. Paul writes to the Philippians who had helped him and partnered with him, and he writes back to them and says, And now my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Again, that's the idea of an unlimited supply, right? Continual increase, no lack, no debt. It's according to, and I heard one version says, in a manner consistent with his glory. So he's going to supply it according to his riches in glory by our relationship with Christ Jesus. So that's why when we pray, we pray in the name of Jesus, because we're presenting the relationship with Christ and we're presenting the need in the light of that relationship so that it's not just, God, I'm hurting down here. Would you would you just send some help? No, we're coming in the relationship. We're coming in union with Christ. We're coming in covenant with Christ. And we're praying in the name of Jesus. One more verse here. We got time to get to it. First uh, John 5. I mentioned this last week at the very close of the podcast, and here we are at the close again, but we got time. I want to read this because this is such a powerful foundation for that conversation that you're going to have with God. Because Jesus said in Matthew 6, if you're going to ask for something, you need to know that God already knows before you ask, but you still need to ask. So how do we ask? Well, number one, we need to know what his will is. We need to go ask according to his will. And if you don't know, then the first question would be, God, what is your will? What is your will? And we already know, according to Matthew 6 or Matthew 18, you can look at heaven and see a whole lot of what is his will and what is not his will. A whole lot gets answered just when you consider, how is it in heaven? And he says, I want heaven on earth. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So that answers a lot of questions alone. But, you know, hey, uh, do I marry this woman? Do I not? Is is that my wife? Is that not? Well, that might not be answered by that specific analogy, but there is there is a way we can go and ask for his will. Philippians chapter 2 says he's working in us to will and to do of his good pleasure. You know, you can take that verse in Philippians 2 and you can begin to say, okay, God, I want to know your will on this matter. I'm asking for your will. I'm asking you to reveal your will. James chapter 1 says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. He'll give it freely, liberally. He won't abrade you. He won't scold you for even asking and not knowing. He'll generously give you. But it says, but let him ask in faith. For he that asks must believe that God gives it. Again, so back to the, the faith. So First John 5, I love this, verse 14 and 15. It says, this is the confidence that we have in in him or in our relationship with Christ. This is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. 
So once you know his will, and then you make a petition and you, you ask and request something in his name, according to his will, it says he hears us. And verse 15, if we know that he hears us, whatever we at whatever we ask, if it's his will, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that have been asked of him. We know that they've been granted. Come on, somebody. We know that they have been granted. Again, the Amplified picks up that idea. If you read some of these verses and you read in the Amplified, you know, this whole idea of believing you receive, believing you take it, it's believing it's granted, that you requested and the king has granted. You made a petition and the king has granted. And then it goes on immediately to the first application. If any man sees a brother sinning a sin that does not lead to death, he will ask and he will give him life for those who commit sin not leading to death. There is sin leading to death. I do not say that he should pray about that. All unrighteousness is sin, but there is sin that's not leading to death, referring to the second death. So here's the point, though. In that, there's a principle we just read about, that when we're praying according to the will of God, we know that he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, then we need to also be equally confident that he grants it, that it's granted so Mark eleven twenty four. whatsoever things you pray for, when you pray, believe, be confident, trust that it's granted and you will get it. Then John 16, 23 in the Amplified. I think I, let me see, I'll find that again. John 16, 23, when that time comes, you're going to ask the Father. You're going to ask the Father and he's going to grant you whatever you ask in his name, presenting all that he all that I am, all that Jesus is. So you present your relationship with Jesus as the foundation where righteousness is concerned, so that when you present the need, when you present the request, you know, whether it's a financial one, a material one, uh, a need for wisdom, all kinds of things we're going to pray about and talk about, have a conversation with God about. When we do it, we present it in the name of Jesus, presenting all that he is. So let me see if there's anything else. Uh, one other verse I do want to share before we sign off here today, and it's first Peter chapter five and verse seven. I, I actually was going to wrap up, but Holy spirit just really brought this on strong. First Peter five and verse seven, first Peter five. Um, let's get a run at it. What do you say? Verse, uh, First Peter 5 and 5. Here's what it says. Likewise, you younger, submit yourselves to the elders. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. God resists the proud, but then he gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, because he cares for you. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. If he didn't withhold Jesus, Romans 8.32, he's not going to withhold anything good 
that you need. Now, next week, we're going to pick up this conversation and we're going to talk about spiritual authority. We're going to talk about exercising authority. We've been mainly relating to God in the last few podcasts where the kingdom grants concerned. But now we're going to get into if there's resistance, things are being held up, then we need to be realizing also we may be using our authority to come against the enemy, to come against the enemy who is trying to resist, trying to hold back, trying to stop the flow of things. So sometimes it's a matter we need to take authority. We need to use our God-given authority in the name of Jesus. And so we hope that you can be a part of next week's podcast. If we haven't heard from you lately, send us an email at spellmanministries at gmail.com. Let us know your prayer requests, your testimonies. If you have anything you want to talk about on the podcast, let me know about it. But again, I want to hear from you, men. So shoot me that email at spellmanministries at gmail. Dot com. And those of you, of course, that are watching here, you're going to see I'm going to hit in the roll in for the close out of the program. I love this music. Sam put this together for the Marksman uh, podcast. I think it's powerful. I think it's awesome. Just like you men, you men are powerful. You're awesome. God is with you and God is for you. And I want you to know that I'm praying for you. Our family is praying for you. And you know what? Jesus himself has prayed for you. He's your great intercessor. He's your great advocate. And you've been marked by Christ. So let's go shine in Jesus' name.